BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of. One that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. This is a transformative time for black America. Our income is at an all-time high, and the opportunity for economic empowerment is unprecedented. It's not just about dreaming anymore. It's about turning those dreams into reality by creating blueprints for generational wealth. Prudential has a remarkable history of supporting communities and institutions that have been overlooked for far too long. For instance, they've pledged a staggering $1 billion to programs, partners, and initiatives focused on historically excluded communities. Build your financial blueprint today at prudential.com slash blueprints. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. Folks, I I want to introduce you to a new season, right, that we are in. It is called fuck around and find out season. If you were not aware of the beginning of that season, it happened on Sunday when Will Smith smacked the shit out of Chris Rock. Why do I say that? Because folks, we are in a wake up call moment, not because I condone violence, but because we are in a wake up call moment for Democrats, for the party, for our democracy, for the upcoming midterms, for the 2024 election cycle. Now, what has me in this fuck around and find out season? Well, when I saw the headline of uh, a new poll in the hill doc, in the hill.com and the title read this poll colon Trump leads Biden Harris in 2024 matchups. And here's what is said. Former president Trump is leading president Biden in a hypothetical 2024 matchup. According to a new Harvard caps Harris poll surveyed released uh, exclusively to the Hill. If the 2024 presidential election were held right now, the poll finds Trump getting 47% compared to Biden's 41%. 12% of voters are undecided. Now, Vice President Harris is perform- performs even worse in a hypothetical matchup with Trump. 49% said that they would choose Trump, while 38% said that they would support Harris. The poll, while very early, pretends trouble for Democrats in 2024. So, folks, you have been watching me, right, and listening to me long enough to know that I don't necessarily put a lot of merit in polls. I say that they are like reading tea leaves, right, that you can't definitively 
understand where people's mindset is, but it does provide a snapshot. And if the polls are not working in your favor, a window, right? A snapshot and a window into some of the pivots and moves that need to be made in order for you not to careen off of a fucking cliff. Well, here's what I will say about this poll. This is a major fucking, or should be, should be a major fucking wake up call for Democrats. Why do I say that? Because last year, right? In 2021, the election for Virginia's governor, many said was going to be like a canary in the coal mine, right? Like a canary in the coal mine, that race in Virginia between Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe was going to signal to Democrats one way or another what needs to be done. And what I realize about Democrats is they look at polling in the wrong way. With Yunkin and McAuliffe, they said, oh, well, here we have this white guy in a vest from Patagonia. So we'll get another white guy that has some name recognition in Virginia because he was already governor, but he was governor during a long begotten time, a long bygone time, right? 2014, when the world was much different than it is right now. The thing that Democrats weren't paying attention to, however, was how critical race theory and quote unquote parental control was actually doing in the state of Virginia. Democrats scoffed right? Scoffed at the idea that book burning was going to return and that Youngkin was going to be able to win on the idea of parental control and on this made up idea around critical race theory being taught in K through 12 schools. All he needed to do, right? Again, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story is Republicans moniker. Because we know, and they know, that critical race theory is not taught in K through 12 schools. But the polling was showing that more and more parents, those that are quote unquote reasonable, were going to be swayed by this messaging because there has always been a fear, whether, it, whether you are a staunch conservative or some middle of the roader, that public schools have the opportunity to quote unquote indoctrinate children. Well, you know me, and I've said that absolutely public education has all been about indoctrinization as well as gaslighting. Why do I say that? Well, because you have a very narrow story of America that is, that is taught through one specific lens, which is that of white America. They have set themselves up as the conqueror. They have set themselves up as the hero. They have set themselves up as, you know, the strength and the power all by virtue of white men, the founding fathers, right? Well, critical race theory in law school elective classes offers up theories that are through a non-white lens right? Ideology and thinking and narrative that does not center white men and whiteness in the American story. It tells other stories. But when polling started to show that even the most reasonable person was saying, well, I don't want my child indoctrinated and I should have the ability to say what should and should not be taught in my child's schools. I'm uncomfortable, right? 
it goes back to how Virginia and Texas and Florida have been running in tandem with one another, which is about white comfort. Well, the reality is, is that anybody with eyes and a brain could have seen that this was going to be the new rallying cry for Republicans. And if you didn't have eyes and ears and could interpret what was going on, Donald Trump once again said the quiet part out loud when he told his followers at a recent rally that they needed to, quote, lay down their lives for critical race theory, meaning that they need to show up at these school board meetings. They need to show up at their kids' school. They need to threaten these teachers and threaten the administration into continuing to brainwash their children into believing that whiteness is superior and that anything that deviates from that narrative is dangerous, right? That we don't want a society of critical thinkers, right? What would that mean? What would that do? So we need to make sure that they continue the tradition of generational brainwashing and make that their rallying cry. Well, guess what, folks? It worked. And Democrats throughout that entire campaign, when they could have used Virginia as a testing ground for messaging to see how it was going to land, decided to do what? Just completely ignore it. Say that it was ridiculous right? Shrug and make jokes. Well, while we were busy as Democrats being glib and taking the quote unquote high road, those motherfuckers were in a belly crawl to call anything and anyone, right? Racist. And instead of us calling out the idea of white comfort above all else, And how it should not be that history is taught solely through the lens of the oppressor, but that the oppressed also have a narrative in this story of how America came to be and how many of the policies that marginalized communities endure today stem from the origination of America. But you see, You don't want people to connect those dots, so you continue to gaslight the public into believing that parental choice is the way to go. And when you have no alternative narrative to go on, then you continue to do what my favorite movie, The American President, said. In the the absence of substance, people will drink the fucking sand. So what the Republican Party offers to America is a mirage. It is a mirage of morality that is being offered to the public that they are couching in parental control, right? You have the bill which was just signed into law in Florida, the don't say gay bill that has you not speaking anything about gender, gender identity, right? Difference. LGBTQ people, trans people, all of it. They signed that shit into law. So when you have kids who are coming into the classroom that have two moms, two dads, right? That have a trans dad or a trans mom that are not going to see themselves or hear themselves in the projects that are being done because what DeSantis wants to do is to ensure that the mainstream, that heteronormativity 
And that overt sexualization of children is okay so long as it is in hetero, it's, it's steeped in heterosexuality. Because here's the thing that always gets me. And again, without pushback, they take this narrative and run. Why do I say the over-sexualization of children? Well, because you can walk into any major big box store. You're going to buy a gift for your friend, uh, your friend or your sister or your family member's new child. You can walk into any store that sells baby clothing and you will come across onesies, newborn clothing that says things like lady killer, right? That says things like, you know, heartbreaker, right? That says things like, you know, daddy's princess, right? Folks, we teach children before they are even able to hold their heads up. What blue stands for, what pink stands for, what masculinity looks like and what femininity should look like. And that you should not color outside those boxes or lines. And we tell little girls that when a boy likes you, he abuses you. He assaults you physically. Oh, look at Johnny. He hit Susie on the head. He must like her. You see straight parents sit a baby boy and a baby girl on a blanket together. And people are like, oh my God, look at the cutest couple, hashtag couple goals. Do you think that that shit is normal? Because in all honesty, when you look at it, when you pull yourself out and you zoom in and you're like, huh, what are we doing here? That's what it means to begin to sexualize babies. But we think that what sexualizes them is to teach them that not everybody falls into these binaries, right? That instead of having exploratory conversations, what the DeSantis's and the Trumps of the world and the Abbots of the world would rather you do is be threatened and pushed back into a closet to be feared, right? The fear of standing into your wholeness as a human being, because they have now set up legislation that makes you a target. And dare you be a teacher these days who is progressive or just believes that education is about critical thought and conversation. You can be sued. I can't tell you how many times over the past couple of years, whether it was from virtual schooling or now the threats of lawsuits and having open conversations, which is, which is the point, right? Should be the point of education that people are leaving the teaching profession in droves because one, they're under-resourced and overworked. And then thirdly, you can now be the target, your school, your administration, your person of frivolous lawsuits because little kids will go home and say, oh, Johnny has two dads. Well, how did you learn about that? 
That's not what I sent you to school for. I sent you to school to learn your ABCs. Folks, the fact is that anyone, you do not have to be an analyst or a strategist for the Democratic Party to recognize that the creation of parental control and the boogeyman of critical race theory was going to be set up by Republicans to stir the pot, hype up their base, give them red meat to say that the left has gone too far and now they want to indoctrinate your children. And the biggest fear of any white evangelical Christian is homosexuality is being transgender is any of these wild things because instead of actually learning from and speaking to members of the LGBTQ plus community, instead of having conversations about how we hyper genderize and hypersexualize our children before they're able to actually roll over in the onesie that we bought that says lady killer and man crusher, Right before they're able to even do that, we have now shut down the ability to have conversation about it. We saw this coming a mile away, but Democrats in charge were caught with their what? Heads down, hands in their pockets. Oh, I guess maybe if I don't see it, maybe if I pretend it'll go away. And it didn't. It morphed into something bigger. I say this. Because in my mind, certainly we are a couple of years away from the 2024 presidential race, but folks, we are only a couple of months away from midterms. And like I continue to say, this administration has no wins, right? The only thing that they are fucking winning on is their funding of Ukraine. That's where they're putting all of their energy, their talking points, and their resources. Biden yesterday announced that, oh, we really need Congress to fund COVID-19 because we are entering a new season of this pandemic, which will never go away, where BA.2, the subvariant of Omicron, is now, the do- is now the dominant strand in the U.S., at a time when you have states that are suing the CDC to roll back public transportation mask mandates. It's like we live in fucking crazy town. But instead of being able to preempt, to preempt what we already know Republicans are going to use to attack us and instead use their same methods to spread truth the way that they spread lies, We sit around and we come up with no defense whatsoever because we think that that's taking the fucking high road. Well, let me be then the first to sound the alarm. The same way that I read you all the quotes from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Democrats are in fucking trouble. And given what the Biden administration walked into In January 2021, post the fucking insurrection, you would think that Americans never in their wildest dreams would give a gavel or the Oval Office back to Republicans. But here the fuck we are. And why is that? It isn't enough 
to just say that it is easier for Republicans to spread lies than it is for us to tell the truth, that it is easier to unite under a monolith than it is with such a diverse and big tent. It is the same excuse I have heard Democrats make for decades. And guess what? The size of the tent and the diversity of the tent isn't changing. Right? The desire to pander to white America is not going to get them to vote Democrat. So it's best then that you would focus on the growing numbers of people of color in this country who have told you in no uncertain terms what the fuck they need. Voting rights, police reform, universal health care, relief in student loan debt. Dealing with the climate crisis, a living wage. These are all things that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had laid out and said, look, you have margins in the Senate that are way too close. In order for Biden's agenda to actually have gotten done, right, we would have needed a 60 threshold, right? Meaning that there were, a, the, the, the Senate was divided with 60 Democrats and 40 Republicans. And even still then, folks, I don't trust fucking Joe Manchin or Kirsten Cinema. So you really need to have the safety of about 63 so that those two motherfuckers' votes wouldn't matter if they decided to jump ship like they normally do and walk themselves over to the Republican tent. But that's never going to happen. And why is that never going to happen? Oh, I don't know. Because we put no effort into trying to gain ground over years, right, into harder to win redder states by seeding them decades in the making, the way that Republicans have always played the long game. They are getting ready to celebrate a victory that they have been fighting for for 50 years, which is the rollback of Roe v. Wade. 50 years. They have been working on this. And for 50 years, we have told ourselves the lie. Roe v. Wade is codified and it's never going to go anywhere. But we did no work in the courts to make sure that that was the case. And even, even as Mitch McConnell during the Obama years, again, said the quiet part out loud, I'm going to make you a one-term president. I'm going to hold this Supreme Court seat hostage, which had never been done. It's like, you know what I, you know what I think it is uh, akin to it's akin to dating somebody, right? Being in a new relationship and you seeing red flag after red flag, after red flag, after red flag, but you keep telling yourself, oh no, they're good. You know, they have a good heart. Uh, they mean well, red flag, red flag, red flag. Oh, you know, they don't really mean it. Right. 
Until then, there's a huge blow up. And then you want to say, oh, I was caught off guard. I don't know where this came from. It came out of the blue. Why? Because you didn't pay attention to the series of red flags that were going up in front of you. That's why you're caught off guard. That person had been showing you who they were, but you decided to write a new story about their truth other than the truth that they were showing you. That's what we do as Democrats with the Republicans. They continue to tell us, Democrats, you ain't shit. You're a bunch of socialists, right? You're a bunch of LGBTQ loving, Muslim hugging, tree hugging liars that all belong in jail. That are throwing orgies and sniffing cocaine, according to Representative Cawthorn, right? So they tell you what they believe and think about the Democratic Party. But we continue, as Ocasio-Cortez said, to believe that we are dealing with a political landscape that only requires two glasses of bourbon and a shared cigar. We are so far removed from that reality. And frankly, that reality should have never existed. It should have never existed that two white men walk into a room, which sounds like the beginning of a really bad joke, and come out with some compromise, but always the compromise is always on black people and women's backs. That's always the compromise because they don't care. So when I see these initial polling reports coming out, I want to ring an alarm for every single Democrat. And people want to say to me, as I posted it on Twitter, oh, that poll is bullshit. And oh, blah, 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 blah. We shouldn't be, who's getting polled? Yes, those are all the right questions to ask, but it doesn't make this any less truthful. Joe Biden, Joe Biden's approval ratings, folks, have sunk below Trump's lowest. That motherfucker put kids in cages, right? Told people that he can grab women by the pussy called, um, the marchers in Charlottesville that killed a woman, good people that told the proud boys and the oath keepers to stand back and stand by that orchestrated an insurrection that cost people, police officers who they say that they care about cost them their lives with hundreds more injured. And Joe Biden is polling below Donald Trump. Now you can tell me, oh, Danielle, well, we have more time to get things done. And what I'm saying to you is that we don't. I want to hear from those of you in Woke AF Nation who live in red states. And I want you to tell me what you are seeing in terms of commercials, right, on television, and what you are hearing in terms of commercials, whether they be on your podcasts or your radio stations with regard to the upcoming midterms. I want you to tell me what you're seeing in your local newspapers in these red states. Because what I am saying to you is that Republicans never stop campaigning that they find their latest thing to scare the shit out of white people and get them wrapped up into a tizzy 
feeling like, oh my God, we're going to lose our power. Oh my God, we got to do something with these darkies and these gays and these trans folks. And there's no pushback. Until when? Until what? September, October? And people will say, oh, well, most people don't dial into midterms until, you know, right when they're getting ready to walk into the booth. And what I'm saying to you is no, they are fucking tapped in. They're tapped into areas that Democrats are not playing in. One of the reasons folks, I'll tell you this, I've gone on TikTok, right? After my protest against TikTok and feeling too old and this is for young people and what am I going to go on there and do some dances? Well, guess what? The reality is, is that the attention span, right? Our attention span as humans has shrunk, right? I used to make the joke that people don't want to read. People don't want to read. So you need to, if you are writing, right? Writing an opinion piece, it needs to be 600 words or less which is pretty much impossible when you're actually trying to dive into layered and complex issues. 600 words is not a lot of space. Then they'll tell you, okay, we'll launch a podcast, right? So you do that. Then they tell you, well, people don't really listen for longer than 30 minutes, right? So then, okay, well, we have Twitter, so we'll give hot takes. Ooh, Character count doesn't seem right. Okay, so then we'll do, uh, uh, we'll go live. We'll go on Instagram Reels. Oh, 60 second TikToks. And now 60 second TikToks are being cut into like 15 second TikToks, three second TikToks, because that's how long you can hold people's attention for. So tell me, how you convey to people that democracy is dying right in front of your very eyes while you're busy changing avatars to the Ukraine flag, right? That we got American oligarchs here that are going unchecked. While we're fighting for other people's democracy, which is necessary, we have decided that we don't need to fight for our own at home. And in that time span, people's attention span is shrinking. I went on TikTok because I'm like, oh my God. So what do you do? Okay, you write for the people who still want to read, which is a shrinking number. You do long form audio, right? Then they tell you, no, you got to do video because people need to see. Then they tell you, ooh, it's too long. But for those that are successful, they continue to adapt. Republicans have always adapted. They've always found a way to spread their lies far and wide. They got the best celebrity endorser of their bullshit, Donald Trump. Because what do Americans love above everything else? Wealthy people. We want to be them and we want to hate them, 
right? We want to know what it's like to walk through life and have people open doors for us and never have to lift a finger. Don't have to worry about a resume because nepotism will catapult you anywhere that you need to go or your complexion because you have the bank account to match will get you into wherever you go. There is, we are so enthralled, right? We are enthralled enchanted with wealth in this country and celebrity. Oh my goodness. What would it be like to have millions of people, millions of adoring fans, millions of people walking into a stadium, chanting your name. So we deitize them. Well, with Donald Trump, the Republicans got all of the things that Americans love and love to hate rolled into one disgusting orange package. What do Democrats counter with? Another septuagenarian that's on their way to being an octogenarian that has trouble connecting with people through communication. And this is not, let me, let me just stop right there because this is not a slight or a diss at anybody's speaking impediments. I'm saying as the ability to gain energy for folks. You can stutter, you can do all of these things, but if you don't know how to collect, if you're connect, right? If you don't know how to connect with people and you're still using words like malarkey, which is from like, I don't even know what the fuck era that is from, to be honest. Is it the swing era? I have no idea. But again, the beautiful thing, and, 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 and here's, here's where one of our many problems came in to play, is that why was Obama so successful, right? This man who had the name nobody could pronounce, the middle name that spelled terrorism for most Americans of a certain age, Hussein, right? Who was black? right? Which we know a majority of Americans hate by virtue of the anti-blackness that we see run rampant in this country every single day, all day long. Why was he so successful? Because he was able to connect because he knew and he built a team and an engine of people that knew how to engage in culture, how to engage in conversation, how to bring people along, make them part of community, make them want to feel like they are a part of something that is bigger than themselves. But we allowed that to be wrapped up in one person and one family and one moment. And then eight years and it's gone. It's like it never happened. Because instead of Democrats using this incredible energy and person and turning it into their ideology, understanding how to utilize whatever new platforms are going to be popping up for people to connect. It isn't just enough, right? To take one clip over here and put it on a platform. No, anyone will tell you that who understands social media, or at least tries to understand social media like I do. Because it is about how are people creating community? How are they connecting through conversation? What does that look like? 
These are the questions that Democrats don't ask and Republicans have figured out. How do they build their community? Through hate. How do they drive their voters to the poll? Through fear. What did Donald Trump tap into? That white people are pissed about the demographic shift, that white people feel like the more folks that are allowed equity in this country, the lesser of the pie that they get because they work from a scarcity ideology. And instead of us realizing that is true, Democrats lie to themselves and say, no, we're a people of great abundance. No, the fuck we're not actually. We're the pull them up by the bootstraps folks. We're the, I did it on my own, folks. There was no village behind me. I'm great because I'm great. As Donald Trump said, I alone can fix this. Toxic masculinity mixed with white supremacy, which is with a sprinkling, right, of misogyny and a dollop of racism. Because they understand their audience. And that is the key to success pretty much in anything that you are trying to sell and don't get it twisted. If you are in politics, you are a fucking salesperson. You are trying to sell your ideas. You're trying to sell your policies. You're trying to sell your ideology. And if you do not know what makes people click, yes, add to cart. What makes them say, I like this and now I want to comment and share. If you don't understand how people tick, how can you sell to them? You can't. And it isn't enough, folks, to put people in, you know, back in the day, in the beginning of my uh, communications career, um, focus groups were like a big thing, right? And politicians, particularly, um, those that are from, uh, marginalized communities. And I mean, women, I mean, people of color, uh, I mean, queer people and anyone that has overlapping identities, people with disabilities and anyone with overlapping identities rely on these focus groups where you pick a bunch of people from middle America or real America, as, as folks like to say, because apparently the rest of us that live on the coast that fund real America don't get to be called actual Americans. I digress. We give them a bunch of questions and then we tell them to give us our opinion, give us their opinion. They provide their opinion and then we take that information and we put together, right? Like Mr. and Mrs. and the potato person, we put together a candidate, right? Based on what this select group of people says about this. We don't allow it to be nimble, to be malleable. We take it as gospel. And I say that those focus groups only matter right? If you are focusing all around different places, because people think differently, have different perspectives. If you're coming from multi-backgrounds, so if you don't know what is getting people to add to cart, 
to like, to share, to show up to the polls, how do you message to them? You think that just shaming and blaming is going to do it? It doesn't. It doesn't. You think that taking the moral high ground is going to do it? It won't. And I'm not saying, you know, the funniest thing, um, if you guys ever want a funny Instagram account to follow, um, you should follow uh, actress Gab- Gabrielle Union and uh, former NBA star player Dwayne Wade's daughter, Kavia James, um, who I think is like three years old right now. And her her name, they refer to her as the shady baby because this little girl gives looks and shade and added, and it's just the funniest fucking thing since birth. Um, and she's the one that came up with the when they go, when they go low, we belly crawl, right? And it was like a funny thing to say, you know, coming out of the mouth of a baby, right? Like, and I gotta tell you, that's how I feel. I remember when Michelle Obama said, when they go low, we go high. The higher road without informed calculation and a good understanding of who your audience is, is not necessarily the road that you should be fucking taking. It just really isn't. If you see the things that are trending right now, it is not niceties. So every single time that Joe Biden wants to refer to Mitch McConnell as his friend, every single time, right, that Democrats want to refer to Republicans that literally would call you everything but a child of God as your friend, you are telling on yourself. You are telling the public that you do not know who your real enemy is. And if you don't know who your enemy is and you're the one on the battlefield, how the fuck am I supposed to know? What makes you any different from the other guy? If this person is still your friend and they're doing all of this hot shit, then what you're telling me is that there's no real difference between you two. We have to tell the truth and we have to figure out how to message that truth in a variety of packages for people to consume. And what the recent polling shows me about where Joe Biden, Donald Trump, and Kamala Harris are right now should scare the shit out of everyone who gives a fuck about democracy. Now, I have said before, I don't believe that Donald Trump will run. But if Donald Trump is pumped up enough, right? If the Department of Justice continues to be missing on a milk carton, if there are no indictments that come down between now And midterms between now and 2024, Democrats are fucked, are fucked in a, I mean, it is incomprehensible. There will be no return from this because like I've said before, when Republicans get the gavel back, they are going to break it and burn the constitution in a fucking bonfire at one of their rallies. That's what will happen. They are telling you right now, they want a Putin-like figure to be their last and final president of these United States. So we do our damnedest to pay attention 
to all of the fucking sirens that are going off before it is too late. That is it for me today, folks, on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable.